Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, November 8th. I'm Lorraine Cáceres. These are today's headlines. The presidency in peril. Another key witness details what he calls slander and lies carried out by President Trump's personal attorney. Massacre in Mexico. As family members say goodbye to loved ones, we're learning more about the deadly ambush and the messages the family sent to each other sharing the tragic news. And a father picked up by immigration agents on his way to drop off his children at school. The ordeal recorded by his own daughter. This and much more today on You News, recorded live in our newsroom in Miami. We begin today with the presidency in peril. More transcripts have been released, this time from the top State Department official, George Kent. This as Congress prepares for public hearings next week, and the president gets a cease and desist letter from the whistleblower's lawyer asking him to stop the attacks against the, against the government employee. Here's the very latest. White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, a no-show after sources say he was subpoenaed late last night to appear before the House Intelligence Committee this morning. On Thursday, Jennifer Williams, the third administration official to be on the now infamous July 25th phone call between President Trump and Ukraine's president, testified. She's an advisor to the vice president, her lawyer saying her testimony would reflect what has already been made public. You know, the American people have the transcript of the president's call. And they can see there was no quid pro quo and the president did nothing wrong. Democrats now considering drafting as many as three articles of impeachment against President Trump as they prepare for public hearings scheduled to begin next week. The most recent testimony transcript to be released is of top State Department official George Kent. Kent testifying the president's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, ran a campaign of slander and lies to oust Ukrainian ambassador Marie Yovanovitch. Kent saying he pushed the State Department to defend Yovanovitch, but that never happened. During his testimony, Kent also recalled telling a colleague that tapping a foreign power to investigate someone for political reasons goes against everything that we are trying to promote in the post-Soviet states for the last 28 years. The release of this transcript comes ahead of next week's open hearings in which both Kent and Bill Taylor, the top U.S. diplomat in Ukraine, are scheduled to testify. Meanwhile, the president reportedly furious over reports he wanted Attorney General William Barr to hold a press conference and clear Trump's name following that now infamous phone call. I had a perfect phone call. A totally perfect phone call. Barr ultimately declining to hold a press conference. However, the Justice Department did release a statement saying there was no campaign finance violation. In a series of tweets Thursday morning, the president pushing back, saying the story is totally untrue and just another fake news story. Meanwhile, a lawyer for the Ukraine call whistleblower has sent a letter to the White House warning President Trump to cease and desist, attacking his client. The president has used the whistleblower as a talking point during his rallies, attacking their credibility, advocating for the identity to be revealed. The attorney for the anonymous government worker believes the rhetoric places the whistleblower and their family in physical danger. The president's daughter, Ivanka Trump, on an interview with the Associated Press saying that the whistleblower's identity is not even relevant. But at the end of the day, I don't view the whistleblower as it's 
it shouldn't be a substantive part of the conversation because this is a third party who was not privy to the call and did not have first-hand information. So that is what was the catalyst for all of this discussion. Um, but to me, it's not particularly relevant, aside from what the motivation behind all of this was. And Democrats have just released more closed-door testimony, this time from witnesses Fiona Hill and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. Meanwhile, the president says he's not concerned about depositions from current or former administration officials because he believes the most important thing is the White House release transcript of his phone call. Now to the latest on the brutal attack against an American family in Mexico. Funerals get underway as we're hearing devastating voice notes shared between family members as they learn of the tragic news. And Mexican authorities promise to bring those responsible to justice. Claudia Zurita reports from Mexico. Hundreds of relatives of the Levern family traveled to help with the funeral services for Donna Langford and her two sons, Trevor and Rogan, who died last Monday in an ambush in Sonora. Members of the extended community coming together to build the caskets and pay their last respects. There's thousands in this country who haven't gotten justice. I would like the outcome of this to be justice for those who don't have a voice. Listen to this heartbreaking voice memo shared by CNN from a Lebron family WhatsApp thread after receiving the news that some of the children survived. There's five kids sitting on the side of the road, got shot in the mouth, shot in the foot, shot in the leg. We have uh, the oldest boy of Donna is with us right here and he's going to go show us where they are. They found Kenzie, love, and she's okay. They found her. The Lebaron family is desperate to find out who's behind these tragic attacks and also haven't been very convinced by the Mexican government official statements. We want the truth. We want to know who did it and why and start to reveal why there's this complicity through all levels that allowed these murders to happen. On the other hand, Mexico's president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, at Friday's morning press conference, stated that the goal in the Lebron's investigation is to find justice. No hay ningún limite, ningún... There's no limitation or an obstacle, nothing that holds back the investigations because there aren't any competing interests. There has also been speculation that this strategy may have been born out of a long-running conflict between the Lebron clan and neighboring farmers supported by El Barzón, who claim to be defenders of land and social equity. Agricultural workers in the region claim their Lebrons have been excessively using water for their walnut tree plantations. Today, the other six funeral services will be held at the Lebron State in Chihuahua. In Mexico City, Claudia Zurita, U News. We're learning new details about the trauma thousands of families suffered after being separated at the border. A judge, federal judge in Los Angeles, ordering they receive therapy at the government's expense to try to repair the damage. Here's Dulce Castellanos. The thousands of immigrant children and parents that were separated at the southern border will have to receive mental health services provided by the Trump administration to try to repair the trauma caused under the zero tolerance policy as determined by a federal judge in Los Angeles. Y él lo menos que puede hacer la administración Trump. 
It's the least the government can do to repair the hurt they caused, said this activist. In a rare instance, Judge John Kronstadt held the federal government accountable for the psychological trauma, citing deliberate indifference by placing migrants in dangerous situations. He ordered the immediate availability of mental health screenings and treatment for the thousands of families that were separated between 2017 and 2018. The children that were separated experience toxic stress, which can affect their brain development. The government attorneys argued that any harm caused was mitigated when families were reunified. However, experts like this social worker who visited some children in detention centers says the harm caused can last a lifetime. They can carry this all their life and can lead to other chronic conditions. Some families never saw each other again after they were separated. Others, like the Pacheco family, were fortunate enough to have been reunited after several months. I didn't know if my dad was sent back because I couldn't talk to him, said this young man about his time in a detention center. It is unclear how the federal government will comply with this judicial order because the families are spread along the country. Others, their whereabouts are unknown and many were deported. In Los Angeles, Dulce Castellanos, U News. Now to Florida, a man dropping off his children at school and getting detained by ICE. The frightening ordeal was recorded by his own daughter as she cries, trying to understand what's happening. Angie Sandoval has the story. I need to talk to him. The incident happened when a father was driving his kids to school. He was asked to stop the car, and his daughter immediately started recording. I need to talk to him. The agents opened the car's door. His child tells him to invoke the Fifth Amendment that gives him the right to remain silent. They told him to get out, or they would shoot him with a taser. Step out of the car right now. They asked him to lift the hands. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands. Step out of the car. Step out of the car. They ordered him to remove his seatbelt. Take out your seatbelt. Take out your They forced him out of the car. One of the children desperately calls his mother. Mom! 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 The daughter burst into tears. The father can be seen through the glass. Es inmigración. Le dije a mi Paco, diga su quinto derecho. The son then explains to the mother that he tried to invoke the right to remain silent. The child asks the mother to pick them up or else they will be placed in a foster home. The officers tell the girls to stop recording and she tells them she has every right to do so. I have the right to record. Me quedé en shock, de verdad. I was in shock when it happened, and I wanted to be strong for them. But now, to watch the video to see how they treated my children, it's not fair. Activists, however, are offering a reminder about the rights of immigrants have. If immigration comes to your home or in the car to arrest you, they have to show you an official search warrant signed by an immigration judge. 
Reported by Vilma Tarazona, this is Angie Sandoval, U News. Staying on immigration, a girl who tearfully begged for her dad's release after the massive Mississippi raids in August has been reunited with her father. Magdalena Gomez Gregorio begs for her father when immigration authorities rounded up hundreds of undocumented workers at several food processing plants. Andres Gomez Jorge was released from immigration detention last week after relatives and friends raised $7,500 for his bond. It may be the real American dream working four days a week instead of five. A new report says Microsoft experimented with the four-day work, work week in its offices in Japan and productivity jumped to 40 percent. So could it become the new norm here in the U.S.? Reese Mahid tries to find out. This will interest you if you're dying for the weekend. What would you say if instead of working five days and resting for two, your employer offers you to work four and rest three? And by the way, for the same amount of money. Microsoft did the experiment in Japan last summer, and after giving employees three-day weekends, productivity went up 40%. Not only workers were happier, Microsoft saved a ton in electricity and office supplies. The idea is contagious. Nationally, 17% of employers are trying to reduce the work week. Las empresas... Experts say it is an effective way to attract and retain a younger labor force. It sounds pretty good. More productivity, more free time. What's not to like? Well, actually, for those who are at the bottom of the economic ladder, the idea is not that great. Those who earn minimum wage don't want time off. They want to work. For them, time is literally money. In San Francisco, Luis Mejid, U News. Leda astrologer Walter Mercado was adored across Latin America for his televised horoscopes, his bigger-than-life persona, and of course, his glamorous capes. Y Baralta was Mercado's fashion designer, working closely with the icon to create his eye-catching wardrobe. She shares her memories of her friends with Carolina Rosario. Cuando miras estas capas. What do you feel when you look at these capes? Cuban designer Iwai Baralt can't hide her sadness when she remembers Walter Mercado. They forged an unbreakable bond from the time they met 33 years ago. How do you meet Walter? He came to the place where I used to work. I saw that charming man who said to me, I am Walter Mercado and I've come to pick up my cape. He loved the cape and told me you are going to work for me and make my designs. And that's exactly what happened. She designed the majority of the approximately 500 capes he used during the 15 years he worked at Primer Impacto reading horoscope. Was it hard to make clothes for Walter? Not at all. He was a very simple man. Sencillo? Simple? Are you sure? <laughs> yes. I thought he was complicated. I visualized him in that way because he was like a prince. Mercado never asked her if he could borrow the capes. Iwai says he will always buy them and never ask for discounts or special treatment. How much would he pay you? Whatever I wanted. But how much do they cost? For example, the red one behind you. This one is more expensive because it has materials from Italy and France. Like $6,000? I think so. He had many different gifts. He was a very advanced man, very developed. I haven't met anyone like him. 
the famous astrologer was not just her client. He also conquered her family's heart. What lesson did Walter leave you with? Patience, not to be concerned about foolish things. When something was complicated during his TV tapings, he would say, let's talk about it tomorrow for two hours. And tomorrow, nothing ended up being discussed. It was another day, and things were different. If you had the opportunity to create the cape Walter will use to go to heaven, how would you design it? Wow, what a question. I think he will go to heaven wrapped in his aura, a beautiful aura with all the colors of the rainbow and full of light. I would try to recreate that. In Miami, Florida, Carolina Rosario, U News. streets of La Paz last night as police sought to disperse demonstrators protesting against President Evo Morales after disputed elections last month. Morales won the vote with a lead of more than 10 points over Carlos Mesa, but the victory was marred by a near 24-hour halt in the count. When it resumed, it showed a sharp, unexplained shift in Morales' favor. Critics of Morales say the vote has been tarnished by fraud allegations and want the president to resign for new elections to be called. Chile's president has announced a series of measures to tighten security and increase penalties for vandals. Riots, lootings and violence have left at least 20 dead over two weeks of protests. President Piñera said he would send bills to Congress to toughen penalties against destruction committed during protests. The penalties would increase if the acts are carried out by hooded, band, uh, hooded vandals trying to hide their identities. Brazil's Supreme Court has decided to end the mandatory imprisonment of convicted criminals after they lose their first appeal. This restores a previous rule that they should be allowed to exhaust all of their appeal options before being locked up. The politically charged reinterpretation of Brazil's penal code could lead to the release of dozens of high-profile convicts, convicts, including former leftist president Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva. He was jailed last year for taking briberies. According to the National Council of Justice, almost 5,000 convicts could potentially benefit from the rule change. More of you news after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. You News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your News, your world, You News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. If you got a surprising or alarming text message Wednesday, you're not alone. Annabel Sedano explains what happened in today's tech report. Annabel, take it away. Hi there, that's right, and we begin with this. Unsent Valentine's Day texts are suddenly appearing on users' phones. That's because of a weird bug affecting all four of the main American networks. According to reports, unsent text messages from February, especially Valentine's Day, are dropping in inboxes in the middle of the night. And it's apparently not just this February. Some are claiming they're getting messages from Valentine's Day of years past as well. 
And a new study shows teenagers spend more than seven hours a day being entertained by gazing at screens. That's up almost 45 minutes since 2015, and it doesn't include time spent doing schoolwork. It includes things like reading ebooks, FaceTiming with friends, and writing code. The number one things kids are doing is watching videos. And China has announced new regulations to curb addiction to gaming among minors. The new guidelines are China's latest move in an ongoing campaign to increase regulation of the gaming industry. Under the new rules, gamers aged under 18 will be banned from playing online games between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. on weekdays. Minors can only play for 90 minutes. And on weekends and public holidays, they may play up to three hours per day. So there you have it. I'm Annabelle Sedano, and that was your Daily Dose of Tech News. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.